It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Friday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll get you ready with a preview of Falcons and Browns. The one thing the Falcons need to continue to do, and we'll take a look at this massive series in all of Major League Baseball with the Mets and the Braves. All next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online, and we ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in the search browser, hit that subscribe button when you find us a page, hit the uh, uh, comment button uh, as well, leave us uh, some thoughts there. Of course, we're free and available, all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Odyssey, download us for free, leave us a five-star review. Amazon Fire and Roku, want you to check us out on those platforms, put that Roku app on your device and check us out there. And, of course, follow me at JMCH316. Well, look, it's good to come back home with a win. As Falcons and Browns will hook up at 1 o'clock on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And we've talked about the fact that, you know, take away the victory in London last year. The Falcons are 6-18 and 18 in their last 24 games at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, right? Things have to change this team at home and obviously this game has a lot about what's going to happen on the ground browns are the number one rushing offense in the entire of the nfl they picked up the most yards via the run in the nfl the falcons have the fifth most yards in the entire of the nfl so a couple of things that stand out to me when we start to look at this at this matchup is the browns are averaging five yards per carry that's a really outstanding number and their five touchdowns are also the second most in the NFL. They also have the most runs of 20 or more yards in the NFL. So more than just saying, well, we have to focus on the run game, I get that. But the way the Browns get it, though, is they average a lot per carry when they touch it. They get big chunks in the big play, havoc, whatever, you know, dynamite play, whatever the term is in the NFL, havoc in college, you know, but 20-yard plays, explosive plays, right? 20-yard plays, and when they get down deep, they get it in the end zone. So where the Falcons have to really get is you have to make sure you're winning on first and second down. That will become so important as we talk more about this preview that if they're winning on first and second down, and they can keep it third and medium to short and very manageable, now that running game really gets kicked in because they can afford to carry it more. They can wear down your defense. So you've got to eliminate those big plays, especially on their early downs. Now, the Falcons, um, one other stat I want to I give you real quick, too, is the Browns have made the third most third downs in the NFL. The Falcons are tied for 21st in the NFL and third downs made. So obviously, look, third down so big in the NFL. If you can make the Browns third and medium and long, you've got a better shot to get yourself off the field because they don't want to have to hawk it around. 
They want to be able to get you on third and four and still run the football. You can make them third and five or more, then you got a really good chance of getting off the field. Flip that around, the Falcons have to try to keep themselves in some short manageables because the Falcons have not done a great job of picking up enough third downs on the season. So third down will be another big thing that you have to look at. And by the way, the Falcons have given up only two rushing touchdowns on the season. They give up 4.8 yards per attempt, which is tied for the 11th highest number in the league. So that's probably a little bit higher than you'd like to see in your run defense, but the Falcons have done a good job of not allowing teams to get in the end zone very often against them. So obviously, you know, the run game is going to play a prominent role in all of this thing. Where I think the matchup is the number one matchup, and we talked about this yesterday, it will be the Falcons defensive line against the Browns offensive line. And we talked about they have an outstanding offensive line. But we talked about their one weak spot is their center position. If you can get them into third and long where they have to throw, then you can get pressure coming up through the middle. Now, the other part of the game, too, to really watch is the linebacker play. Because when you look at the Browns receiving core, they obviously feature Amari Cooper heavily. But their number two guy, as far as catches and targets goes, is David Njoku, their tight end who's had 13 catches on 16 targets, averaging basically a first down per reception, and he has scored a touchdown. The other guy, though, to watch is Harrison Bryant, a guy that they've only thrown to eight times, but he has five catches for 63 yards. So when he catches it, he's getting big chunks of yards. And then the other part is not just Nick Chubb running, but Kareem Hunt. you got to limit how much Kareem Hunt catches the ball out of the backfield. So the linebackers' safeties for the Falcons are going to play a huge role in what happens on Sunday. So if you can keep them moderate on first and second down, force them into some bigger third and mediums, third and longs, third and five or more, and you have to pay attention in the passing game because of Njoku, because of Kareem Hunt, because of Harrison Bryant, you have to keep your eyes open. This is where your safeties and your linebackers are going to be ha- have to be good in covered. If you can force them to have to throw the football, they're going to look at more than Amari Cooper. I feel like whether it's Casey Hayward, most likely A.J. Terrell, obviously, I feel like they can match up with their wide receivers. Okay? The tight ends and the other running back, Kareem Hunt, that's what scares me, is all of those guys catching the football out of the backfield. So, look, I think that this is a really good test for the Atlanta Falcons. I think that there is definitely a chance that the Falcons can win this game. Now, the recipe has been very simple, okay? Win the line of scrimmage, run the football effectively. You know, that that's not a, 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 a you know wild football philosophy. And when you do that, you're in every game with a chance to win. Even when you got blown out, you know, in the first half by the Rams, controlling the line of scrimmage, running the football effectively keeps you in NFL games. And it gives you a chance to come back. And the Falcons did that against the Rams. Ultimately didn't win. And then, of course, the the tough loss, you know, opening week against the Saints. But control the line of scrimmage. If the Falcons' defensive line can control what the Browns' offensive line is able to do, then the Falcons have a real shot in this game. Because I think the Falcons will find some success. No matter whether Clowney, Garrett, whoever plays that I still think the Falcons, you know, their philosophy is going to be, let's run the football, let's keep our identity. You know, it's not fancy what the Falcons want to do. Run the football, 
play good along the line of scrimmage. Now, that's easier said than done in the NFL, but certainly if you look at how you go about trying to win the game on Sunday, you can control the line of scrimmage and you can run the football effectively and move the chains in short yardage. The Falcons will be right there. Now then it comes to, can our quarterback make a play? Can our defense make a play? I think this will be a high scoring game. Uh, I think that's one of the things that is, if you look at both these teams, they both average, I think, over 25 points a game. I expect it to be high scoring. That's going to be led by the run. But if the Falcons can find a way to stop them on first and second down or make sure that they don't get big chunks of yardage from their tight ends and running back in the passing game, Falcons will be right there. All right, one stat for the Falcons that has to keep going in the right direction. We'll talk about that next. But I want to talk about my friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information. Look, football season got cranked up last night. Baseball's down to its last few games before we're getting playoff baseball. College football started last night. Everything that you're looking for to try to be a smarter sports wager is available at Bet Online. So take the mobile device, head to betonline.net, check out their esports, betting information podcast news and notes stats everything you need is in the palm of your hand at betonline.net so head over there today check out all the news and information get all the latest lines available be a smarter better betonline.net is where the game starts one number that continues to trend in the right direction for the atlanta falcons is their sack numbers so through the first three games this year they have seven sack that puts them in a tie for 12th with a whole mess and Michigan's full of teams and stuff that are out there. The interesting part about the Falcons is that seven sacks put them on pace for 39.67. Hmm. Somebody said before about, you know, what's the magic number in the NFL is 40 sacks. Anyway, um, look, do I think the Falcons are going to be a 40 sack team this year? No, I think that's pretty rich, but can the Falcons be a 30-sack team this year? Yes. But they have to keep their foot on the gas pedal for all of that. Now, if we take a look back to last year, I think we talked about this stat here on the show. At, through the first three games of last season, the Falcons had six sacks. So remember, they had 18 total for the entirety of the year. One-third of that came in the first three games. And then it was starting in week four – where the bottom started to fall out a little bit. So the Falcons in week four against the Washington, whatever they're called, Guardians or whatever the heck their name is, they had one sack against Washington, two against the Jets of London, then a sack against the Dolphins, then that started in on the 0-1-0-3-1-0-1-0-0-1-1. That started on the path. So really, when you look, starting with week four against the Washington football team, they only had from that from after the first three games, they only had two games the rest of the year where they recorded more than one sack. So that trend has to break this week. This can't be the start of the slide like it did last year. And seven sacks in three games, pace of 40, I'm all good with all that kind of stuff. And we talked about the matchup to watch is the Falcons defensive line against the Browns offensive line. Can they get to Jacoby Brissett? Absolutely. Can they cause some problems for Jacoby Brissett? Absolutely. You know, has he, you know, he's doing a pretty good job because he's 66% of 
completion percentage on the season, but he has been sacked four times. And we talked about this last week with Geno Smith. It's not a lot, but he's been sacked four times. You can find a way to get him. And last week in that game, the big thing was the defense took over late and changed that game. The sack by Lorenzo Carter, the great sack by Grady Jarrett blowing through. There can certainly be some of that this week as well. With their weakness being up the middle, Falcons have to keep and maintain that energy of sacking the quarterback. And you don't want to see the same fall off starting this week that we saw last year. Obviously, I believe that the Falcons are much better equipped this year to keep their foot on the gas pedal and get some things done, right? Because you don't have all those vagabonds from last year. It's not Dante Fowler, Marlon Davidson, Stephen Means, Tyler Davison. All those guys that couldn't make a play for you at all and Grady to have to get triple teamed. Those guys are not playing anymore, and you've got some new blood and new personnel in there that's helping get some things done. So, look, I don't care what anybody tells you. Don't be fooled by any insider nonsense, whatever like that. Don't, don't get mixed up in any folder roll of what somebody tells you. Sacks are important in the NFL. When you can change down and distance in the NFL, that's where your defense can win. Third and four versus third and 14 is huge in the NFL. And teams that are good on managing their third downs and converting lots of third downs, it's no coincidence that those are some of the, all the best teams in the NFL. So I want to see the Falcons keep their foot on the gas pedal. DNP spoke specifically this week about the idea of they have to find a way to also be able to get home with four, right? You can't go out and you can't blitz all the time, this, that, and the other. And we just talked about in the preview, look, your linebackers and safeties are going to have to occupy the tight ends and Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield. So those guys, with all due respect, are going to be busy. They can't be just blitzkrieging, you know, Jacoby Brissett out there when it's a passing down. You have to be able to get home with four. And that's why I think that Grady up through the middle, if they can find some plays like that, then they're going to change this thing up and they've got a real shot in it. So I want to see the Falcons keep their foot on the sack gas pedal. And, and like Dean P said, find a way to get home with four. You know, I mean, I know fans like to say, well, blitz more. And they said, okay, but that's how you get torched in the NFL. You know, again, my buddy Hugh Douglas talked about this the other day. What you see on even Saturday, it's not like that on Sunday. Sunday takes it up to a whole other level. And, and coaches get paid a crap ton of money to scheme and coordinate against you. And those guys are the tippy-top athletes of the entire world to play at that level. So you can't just street ball, throw blitzes all the time and everything like that at NFL offensive lines. Or you'll get burned and you'll get torched. Even the best corners are going to get torched in scenarios like that. So last year, this was the week where that sack number started to bottom out. And you had six sacks in the first three games of the season. And then you only had 12 sacks the remaining 14 games of last year. Now think about that. Let's hope that this doesn't happen again. But Sunday is you've got to keep your foot on the gas pedal. And there are places to have success. But a lot of this starts with managing first down. And a lot of it is you got to find a way. Take Juan Graham, Grady Jarrett, Lorenzo Carter, uh, Ogundeji, Ebba Those guys have to come up big for this defense. 
when it is time to pin your ears back and go get when it's third and 17 for the Falcons and it's pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. I need Ebikati or Carter or Ogundeja. I need somebody to continue to get home. So I'm looking for a couple of sacks this weekend. And I don't care if it comes late, like last week. You know, last week the pass rush was non-existent for the Atlanta Falcons. When you watch that Seahawks game, by and large, their pass rush was non-existent. But when the game got later and you kept getting pressure, eventually they broke through, right? And what, you know, the old term is sacks come in bunches. And they got two sacks in the game late. Carter and Grady Jarrett making two huge plays, which set up what? Let's all say it together. Down and distance, which caused them to have to go forward on fourth down, on fourth and long. Richie Grant comes up with the interception and seals the deal. There is nothing in the NFL like being able to control down and distance. If you can dictate down and distance, whether it's offensively making it, not hitting a bunch of third downs, but keeping everything short, or defensively keeping teams in some third and long, and in the NFL, over five yards is considered long. So third and fives and longer, you can do that. You can really control a football game. So I'm hoping, you know, and I believe, and, and I don't I don't doubt the idea that this defense is much better equipped, much better set up to continue the trend of moving forward with getting sacks on the quarterback. Even if it's a couple of sacks, you know, you mix that in with pressures and everything else. It can't be just we pressure the quarterback. And I know Arthur Smith talked about this in his pressers this week. Pressuring the quarterback. Yes, I get that. That's an important piece. But more importantly is putting the quarterback on the ground with the ball in his hands or knock the ball out of his hands, but let him come up with the ball and he's looking out his ear hole. So this to me will be an interesting observation of are we going to continue to pressure and sack the quarterback or do we fall back into some bad habits? Let's hope that the Falcons figure this thing out and they keep this trend going in the right direction. I'll take 40 sacks. That would be awesome. All right, let me talk about my friends over at Coffee AM. Listen, you know how much I love Coffee AM. I drink their coffee every single day. Coffee AM is right here in the state of Georgia, up in the Canton area. Head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Check out their wide menu of products. If you need K-Cups, you want organic coffee, you want flavored coffee, they have everything available to you at coffeeam.com. Teas, a gift set, Whatever that you need, find it all at coffeeam.com. And when you get that first order put together, coffeeam.com, put together the order, get to the checkout, use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, promo code locked on at checkout. You will get 15% off your first order simply by using the promo code locked on at checkout. Coffeeam, coffeeam.com, up in the can area of Georgia. They're the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Well, look, it all comes down to this, right? We start the most important series really in all of baseball, right? All the other divisions are figured up, factored in. Everything is done and taken care of in baseball except one division, right? And that is the NL East. So it comes down to this three-game set, Braves and Mets starting at Truist Park tonight. Now, here's the good news just in general, 35,000 foot. No weather issues there should be no problems or issues with any fallout from the hurricane or anything like that. And God bless our folks down in Florida. 
My folks have a place down in Fort Myers looking at the pictures down there. It's awful. So it looks like all the weather things here in Atlanta will be fine this weekend. Now, it starts tonight at Truist Park with an outstanding pitching matchup. Jacob deGrom, and they've moved him around to pitch on Friday, takes on Max Freed. So here again, we're ace on ace. This is a number one start. You know, this is a game one of any round of the playoffs, Max Freed versus Jacob deGrom. The guy who's been the multi-time Cy Young winner the last couple of years against the best left-hander in baseball. Everything you could want and ask for. Now, a couple of things about this matchup. And by the way, too, as we look ahead to, in, and peek ahead in the, in the rest of the series. Uh, and by the way, two of the other games are going to be on national television. Max Scherzer, Kyle Wright. Okay, here's the old guard Cy Young guy against the new guy with the 20 wins on the season. And then, of course, Chris Bassett versus Charlie Morton in the final of the three. And ESPN's got one game. Fox has got the national. This is the only playoff race that's still going on in baseball. Now, a couple of thoughts about all of this. I mean, obviously, the Braves at this point have to sweep. They pretty much have to run the table the final six games. They have to pretty much go 6-0 and in the final games to win the division because the Mets have the tiebreaker. Losing a game to the Mets is pretty much going to be the death knell for the division. It means they'll probably play the Padres, I believe it is, coming up in the, in the first round of the playoffs and things like that. You feel good because they beat DeGrom last time, right? So you feel good hump last time and you feel like you can make some hay against it. Not saying that you can, you know, not saying you're going to score five or six runs on the ground, but you feel like you can break through and you can win against him. It doesn't feel like he's the complete boogeyman right now, right? Tell you who I think is the key in this series. I think it's Ronald Acuna. I think it's the top of that order. Those guys create all of the havoc and mayhem. And we talked yesterday on the show. I want to see Michael Harris stay at the top of the order. With DeGrom and Scherzer, I want to see Michael Harris hit third. Do I think that he will? Probably not. But can I tell you, I want Ronnie Dansby Harris, one, two, three, in that order. I want to create havoc where I get one or two of those guys on, and now it's, you know, creating havoc on the base paths. Move a guy here, running here, ball to the wall, scores a guy from first. I need those havoc plays off my guys running around the bases. So to me, the key about this series is going to be the top of that order, and especially Ronnie, who, look, he's up, he's down, he's hurt, he's not, he's sore, he's tired, he's this, he's that, whatever like that. If, if you have to run Ronnie out there at DH to give him a break and give his legs a break out in right field, give him a break, let him DH. I just want to make sure he's healthy, ready to go for this series. Do I think that the Braves can win three games against the Mets? Yes, I think they can sweep the Mets. Will they? I don't know. That's what you go on the field and play the games for. But it's not impossible to think that a team with whatever, what do the Braves have, 98 wins or whatever it is, it's not impossible to think that they can go out and beat the Mets in three straight. But I think Ronnie is the key in this series, getting him going. And then can you get Riley and Olsen with a clutch hit? Give me against the right-handers, Ronnie, Dansby, Harris, set it up, and then let Riley and Olsen clean up some of the mess, you know, havoc on the base pass. Let those guys clean up everybody on the base pass. This is going to be a fun series. This is what everything comes down to. I really wish the schedule makers in baseball would have been a little bit smarter 
to schedule this series as the last series of the year. Because here's the thing. While I understand you can't know what the teams are going to be in this any other, you certainly know that the Miami Marlins are god-awful. You certainly know that the Nationals are the disgrace in baseball. Oakland and Washington are the two disgraceful franchises in baseball right now. They're both god-awful, dreadful, pawn scum, scuzz bucket franchises. And the Marlins are nipping right on their heels. So you had to know that those teams are god-awful. Let them play each other. Have something that involves the Mets and Phillies and Braves. You know, again, I, I, I would have understood Mets and Phillies as the final series or Braves and Philly as the final series. I would have understand that. But the Braves are going to play the Marlins and the Mets are going to play the Nationals? Who came up with that system? So, unfortunately, we're not going to get that as a winner-take-all to end the season in the division and things like that. But get me on base early. Get to DeGrom and Scherzer early on. They've set their rotation up to put their top guys against it. Because they understand, too, look, the Mets want to win the division and avoid wild card, things like that. And I think the Mets, if they win the division, will also avoid the Braves until, you know, I think the championship series. Because I think the wild card and then I think the Braves would face the Dodgers after that. So the Mets have done everything they can to try to set their rotation up to make sure. But if they can find a way to break through against DeGrom tonight, it's not going to be easy. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. Not going to be easy, but start with Ronnie, get him on base, give me Dansby, give me Michael Harrison, that three hole with the right-handers on the mound. Let those guys run around and wreak havoc on the base pass, and then let Riley, Olsen, whatever, um, Ozuna, Contreras, Darno, let those guys clean it up from there. Then whatever I get from the bottom of my order, I get from the bottom of my order. And I will tell you this too. Diaz is going to see a lot of action in this. He's not pitched a whole lot lately. They give him some work the other day. I think it was in a non-save situation because they haven't used him a whole lot. And I don't think it's coincidence that they haven't used him a whole lot. Now, maybe they haven't been as many save situation games and things like that, but I don't think it's also coincidence that they haven't burned him out here lately. I expect Diaz, and they'll play the music and all that good stuff that goes along with it. I expect to see him even in the eighth inning. If it's a game, let's say it's four to three in the eighth, I expect Diaz will even be used in the eighth inning. So these, you know, this is going to be played just like a playoff series. Everything tightens down. And when things tighten down, you need base runners and speed. That's why Ronnie's going to be the key. Ronnie, Dansby, Harris. Give me that matchup right at the top of the order. Find a way to break through tonight. Not going to be easy, but you got your main man, Max Freed, on the mound tonight. I need him to be the best lefty in baseball tonight. This is going to be fun. It's the last playoff. It's the last division, I guess, should say, last division that has to be decided in Major League Baseball. So it all cranks up tonight. Going to be a raucous crowd of tourists and no weather issues. Looks like we're all past all of those things. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make ATL Day 1's your second listen every day as my friends Jarvis Davis and Ethra Batiste talk about all things in the heart of the city of Atlanta. They're free and available on our YouTube page at Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Hit the subscribe button. We're over 4,000 folks there now. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there. And want to make sure, Amazon Fire, Roku, you can check us out on both of those platforms now. 
We're now available on all those. So put the Roku app on your device today. Check us out there. And of course, follow me at JMCH316. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday. We'll recap everything in the world that was Atlanta sports. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.